working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve Cherico. This is Brad Skelling. Hey, Steve. Teammate extraordinaire. Disc new golf, year. Disc golf, not so much. New year, new friends. No way, dude. Old friends, old times, good times, but That's new right. year. But new, new year. year. 100%. It's a good time. Yep. What you got going on, Brad? Hey, it's the new year. We got a lot going on. Um, it's busy. It's very busy. Uh, yeah, trying to record a podcast in the midst of things coming at me, right? <laughs> you just told me off camera that you're not that important. Put the phone away. I'm like, I got 30 <laughs> seconds. Let's go. I got to solve problems. I got meetings to schedule yes. on Friday morning. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Well, then you're that important. Good job. Well, there's just a lot of good things happening. I mean, if you look at the board behind us, if you're watching on YouTube, you only notice San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of those other ones went away. Well, I can't say it that way. They didn't go away, but... We're just taking a moment to breathe. Yep. Um, deeper, not wider. Deeper, not wider. Yep. That's a good uh, way to say it. 957 clubs. I haven't looked since last time we recorded, so that could be old. But so what I hear you saying is a thousand clubs by the end of this semester. Thousand clubs by the end of the semester. <sighs> Come on, man. Revitalizing some old areas. Come on. Um, we've got some new staffers coming in. So yeah, this podcast is landing mid-January, January 30, 31, and February 1st. We're having a training Our in Nashville. Training. Yep. This is the announcement. Here we go. Is it? You're going to be going. I love um, that. Staff training in Nashville. We're going to walk through the proven process. Yep. Talk about finding key influencers, raising money, hiring staff, networking in the church, training club leadership, and launching clubs. G all the above. All of the above. Yep. In 48 hours. Noon on Tuesday to noon on Thursday. We're going to go through it. It's going to be a great time. We got some great people. We got a new staffer coming from Georgia. Nice. Got a new staffer coming from Alabama. Nice. Uh, got somebody coming from Illinois. Our new district hire in Springfield, Missouri. Got a couple Kentucky boys considering on coming down. So nice. it should be a good time. That's great. Would love for you to join us. You don't, and I'll you, say this you too. You're saying to me, you're saying to me, or were you looking at the camera when you said that? I hope you're joining me because <laughs> I, I need as much there. experience in the room as possible. <laughs> That's not why, but keep going. Um, but we say new staff training, but it's really new first priority leadership training. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. I, I'll I'll say this: if you're a club leader, you you get the whole ga ga gamut gamut yep. of materials. Yep. Um, your job isn't to raise money or network the church, your job is the third part is to run clubs, right? You yep. talk about staff, we yep. raise financial partners, raise money, network the church, launch clubs. We're going to hit all three of those things Great. very deeply Great. in that 48 hours. But whatever your role is, whatever your niche is, I think you'll benefit from hearing all of it. But yeah, come on in, join us. You're more than welcome. We'll feed you. It's good. Mm -hmm. I heard a vicious rumor talking about announcements. Okay. I heard a vicious rumor that the first application for this year's scholarship came in. It came in. Yeah. And I read January. It. You did? Did you read it? I did not. It's good. Yeah. It's they're all good. Man, I mean, it's good. You get students who've been leading in their first priority club. Yep. It's going to be good. I think you should forward every application to the guys and gals that are providing the scholarship. We do. And make them 
mm-hmm. make them say no to whoever they're going to say no to. Oh, really? Yeah. That way there'll be no no's. Oh, you're saying the donor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, we send it back to, because this first application came from Birmingham, I believe. Yeah. Correct. I did notice that. So we send that back down to Debbie. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the donor. So that she knows. Let's yeah. go ahead and just put the donor on the spot. And okay. Say, hey, you tell that 18 year old no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do need to forward that <laughs> to him. That's good. Uh-huh. I'm going to do that. Good ideas. Yes. I'm, I'm done for the week. It's been a great You're podcast. done for the year. That's more <laughs> ideas you've given. <laughs> Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. Good ones anyway. <laughs> good ones. <laughs> Helpful exactly. ones. Exactly. Well, what do we got on the show today, Steve? You know, I had a good conversation with Haley. Uh, to be really frank and just mm-hmm. genuine with everybody in the podcast, it was supposed to go one direction. Uh-huh. And we got into a conversation and we we're just talking. Okay. Right. Just two guys that do campus ministry talking and it went a completely different one. And, and we went with it because the conversation was excellent. Wow. So, yeah, it was good. That's awesome. Okay. Well, without uh, giving away any more, let's just jump in. Here we go. Well, as Brad said, everybody, this is Steve Cherico. I am here with my friend and coworker and longtime first priority pal, Haley Weary. Haley, welcome to the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. I'm going to ask Haley in just a moment to just tell a little bit of his story, but just for recollection's sake, Haley, Brad, and I all showed up at a retreat together in Alabama, kind of our first thing officially worth first priority and Benny Profit way back in the day. And Haley's been around first priority for a long time. Uh, he and I are both forever young because we're both called the youth ministry, but we love Love seeing students reach students, so we like that version of it. So, Haley, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you are, where you are, and all that fun stuff. All right. I am in Johnson City, Tennessee. Been here since 2000, uh, the year 2000. Moved over Y2K. And um, I'm married to my wife, Kelly. We celebrate 31 years here in a couple of weeks. Got a son named Brock. He is married to uh, uh, Raleigh, and they are living in Charlotte, Tennessee, they have our grandson, uh, Z. He's four months old this month. Come on. Youth pastor. Raleigh is an art teacher in high school. Then I have a daughter named Barrett, just a little bit younger than Brock. She is married to Richie. They live in Knoxville. She is an anti-money laundering analyst. She told me the correct title of what she is now, but I can't I can't remember. It's too long. And then Richie is an, uh, an engineer. So um, that's our family. Grew up, in, born in Nashville, grew up in Southwest Virginia, but been living between Roanoke, Virginia, and Nashville all my life. Wow. And so your daughter is a federal agent? No, not a federal agent. She works, uh, but she can if she wants to. She'll know anything <laughs> about your your finances, so watch out. You know, so. Yeah, thanks for that. That's, what I, that's why I was asking. Just curious. Just curious. <laughs> Great. All right, so you're in Johnson City. You are part of the Northeast Tennessee One group out there. Tell us a little bit about your last 14, 15 years of the journey of First Priority. Like, walk us through that. Well, I mean, I, I started off in ministry. Uh, I've been in youth ministry and college ministry for 30-something years now and uh, started off uh, in a nonprofit organization in my, in vocationally here called uh, Ground Zero, and they asked me to be their campus ministry coordinator. So I started running campus ministry clubs, student-led clubs, called them Club 121, and about mm-hmm. four, five, six years into there, I ran into a guy named Benny Prophet, and mm-hmm. uh, he was talking all about first priority, and that dawned on me, wait a minute, we're using a thing called an axe revolution and a fish revolution. Sounds an awful lot like first priority, and it actually was. So I've been doing first priority a lot longer than I knew it, and uh, shortly after that time frame, the organization I worked for 
moved out of the area and um, I went to work for the national office for a year with the idea of getting something going here at a big scale all across the region. And it didn't take long to realize that when I talk about, literally was talking about a million teenagers in a giant region, most people are like, well, what about my student in the high school behind my house? And yeah. well, we're going to start something big. We got to start something small, that rock in the pond kind of a concept we talk about all the time. Yeah. So I yeah. uh, left the national office in 2000 and uh, end of 2009, started first priority here in Northeast Tennessee in uh, 2010. And just recently made the shift to the national office type of model and um, plugging along since then. Which, what you're referencing is you basically ran a chapter for a period of time and then the national office made a change and decided they wanted to put a district with 12 counties in your area, which included the Johnson City, Washington County. Is that right? Is Washington yeah. County Johnson City? Yeah. So, so included that. And so it was an easy transition to get on a team instead of being a solo rider. Yes. Now I've got two guys here with me. I'm not by myself anymore. And it's one of the best things about it. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm here on an island anymore. Yeah, so that's great. So let's let's talk about, you know, you your nonprofit you were doing campus ministry with left, right? What besides the fact that the ministry was very similar, what drew you to first priority? Well, I've always been a um I'm the type of pastor, youth pastor that always wanted my kids to do something with their faith. And um realized quite quickly in the youth ministry that I couldn't just give them a concept like you can't just say to teenagers, hey, go win your friends for Christ. You got to, yeah, they have no clue what that means. You got to give them some type of concrete step by step thing. And I saw campus ministry, you know, Club 121, first priority, the cycle, Ash Fish, or Axe Fish, Epic Hope, whatever, as a, yep. okay, this is how you do that. This is no longer just a wish. It's, a, okay, here's what I want you to do. And here's, I'll help you through it, step one through three, uh, four. And, um, I just thought it worked really well. Uh, I love seeing kids do ministry. I'm just listening to a pastor today talking about people saying I'm an evangelist. And most time when they say that, that means that they go preaching somewhere all the time. When in fact, the, the, the position of evangelist is actually to empower the saints to do evangelism. And so I really have a heart for that, to be able to walk people through that, to encourage them with their faith. And actually just sit back and watch God use people. It's just where my heart and passion are. So if it's yeah, right I, in, I love it. I had a friend remind me this past week at a lunch that there was only one evangelist named in the Bible. Yeah. Philip. Philip, yeah, right? okay. Now everybody else empowered the local church to make disciples that would go and reach and make disciples, right? So we we empower the, the Bible's full in the gospel of people empowering people of all ages creeds and backgrounds to go and share the good news of Jesus was, which is, you know, the bottom layer. It's the most pure part about first priority. Everybody's a little evangelist, but only certain people are called to the title, the, uh, the position of capital evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So you've been in there a long time. Uh, I think you and I have even joked as old timers, right? There, we, we've been in this so long that there are youth pastors and there are, people in the room with us that, you know, we tell them how long we've been married and how long we've been in this. And they look and they go, well, I'm not even that old. Yeah. Like, I don't even have that many years. And you're like, oh, you're killing me. Right. So why do you stay? Why are you still in it? As I tell people all the time, I don't think there's anything better for seeing a generation come to know Christ than the strategy first priority. 
Uh, so that, and I'm, I'm called here. This is a God calling. Um, I can't change that even if I wanted to until God calls me somewhere else or puts a different passion on my heart, which would be the same thing. Uh, I'm here for the long haul. And uh, I, my, my feeling is I'm here till I retire unless God does something drastic. I love that. Let's dig into that a minute. Let's talk about calling for a minute since you brought it up. Sometimes that can feel very churchy in language, right? That's a, that's kind of a, a minister statement, right? But when, when you say you feel called, tell, tell me what uh, resonates inside of you. Why do you feel called to that area or to that generation or to the idea of students reaching students? What calls you? Well, I've been having this discussion with some of the college students I work with about the difference. What is God's will for our lives? And one of the things we have to agree on is that there's a general God's will. It's just, it's the scripture. And it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, who you are. If you're living in God's general will, you're going to be successful and be a, a kingdom person, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's a specific will, which I believe is the calling. That's a, that typically a calling is either a, either a burden for a specific type of person or a burden for a specific area. And then a calling has to be beyond, it's a three-way thing too. A calling is God, you, and then an organization, typically a church, has to agree that you're called. So um, why do I feel called to this? Well, my, my huge heavy burden is for teenagers. I accepted Christ when I was 10. I didn't bow my life totally as to him as Lord until I was 25. And for 15 years, I was a Christian living in a world that needed a witness, and I just kind of was walking through it. And so my my life goal, my life verse is uh, John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life, and you may have it abundantly. I didn't understand the abundant life till I totally submitted to Christ as my Lord, um, and then he started making up for lost time. So my goal would be that no teenager ever looks back, no adult ever looks back and go, what, what would it happen if I had been serious about that so and, and and teenagers and students are kind of where my heart is and then confirm that with the people around you that say hey man you're really this is what you're called to do this is what god's gifted you at and so and then i have a heart for this area um i am not called to foreign missions i'm not called to texas or california i have a heart for my backyard so i'm i'm called to my location i'm called to a people group and i've called to a passion so that's good. That's, that's real good. Benny and I have had conversations about this before, and you you have obviously picked up some of his language from the past. I can hear it in the way that you describe that, right? That doesn't matter where you are. It matters who you are when it comes to calling, right? That the where is really up to God. And even if he play, even there's this perfect will or, or the will, right? Just you're in the idea that if I'm not in this perfect place, then God can't use me in that moment. Actually, contrary, God's wanting to know who you are and are you submitted wherever you are, right? Because your problems, it's the same with problems. You can go to another place, but if you don't deal with the root of the problem, the problem is going to show up in that next place, right? I can go to different places, but if my burden is for students and my burden is for students that have not experienced the gospel of Jesus, whether I'm in New York City, Nashville, Tennessee, or the back hills of West Virginia, I'm still going to be burdened by those lost students. That's yeah. not going to go away, right? That's that's right. that calling thing you talked about. Um, you brought up another interesting point where uh, we, we talk about first priority and we talk about being really called to an area. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Johnson City, Washington County, 
How many middle and high schools are in that area? Do you know? If you're talking about just the county I'm in, uh, there's 12. But okay. East Northeast Tennessee ministry is 158 middle and high school campuses in our, you know, in the district here. So, um, and I've been working with a hundred of those for uh, almost 16 years now. And uh, we've added the father's ones in the West side uh, as part of the Ten Northeast Tennessee one with the new district. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's so that's, that's the number we're using about 157. It changes every year from consolidations to new launches and stuff sure. like that. Sure. All right. So in your own backyard, the areas that you're currently responsible for, and I have some inside trader because I get to serve you on the regional side, right? Where are the areas that you're currently really focused on and how many schools is that? All right. I'm in Hawkins County, Sullivan County, Washington County, Carter County, Johnson County, Unico County. So I got six are counties. Those all, are those all Tennessee? Those are all Tennessee. Now, okay. Bristol, Sullivan butts up against Bristol. So we have a couple of Bristol schools that cross over the Tennessee border into Bristol in Virginia. But I okay. think there are about, there are uh, 60 schools in those six counties, and uh, we are currently in 28th of them clubs going on. Awesome. How many students? What's the student population at 60 schools? Oh, those 60? Well, if I have to do, I have to extrapolate 77,000 in the entire Tennessee area, Northeast Tennessee. So I'm guessing probably around um, about half of that, about 35,000 students. Interesting. All right, so 35,000 students. You currently have 28 clubs going. I'm just getting somewhere, right? So how many of those students are you um, in the midst of? Like how many students are currently serving inside first party clubs that you're serving? Is there a student somewhere. leader? Uh -huh. Student leaders, yeah, that's a good word. Yep. Roughly 300. Awesome. So we've got 300 kids on campus in an area that you serve that are looking to reach their campus with the gospel. So about one in every 10, right? It's really a one in 10 number in the school. No, it's a one in 100 number in the school, isn't it? So 16 student leaders of 1600. So one for every 100 kids is a student leader in the club. Talk to me about what makes up a student leader. When you get in a group of kids and you begin to do the training, which is old hat to you and you've done over and over again, how do you know when you know that you've got one of those kids that's going to that's going to bring chaos in a good way to campus. Well, one of the first indicators, and this is just from youth ministry in general, but one of my main things, if I've got a teenager, no matter how old they are, if they'll carry on a conversation with me like a normal human being, and they're not intimidated by me, they're not bashful of me, they're not, well, you're old guy. You know, it's to me, it's like, okay, there's something right there. That's, that's a healthy mentality, uh, a positive attitude. And so that's one of the first things I look for. They are the, will they treat me like another human being? And typically, if they're willing to do that to a stranger, they're much more connected to their peers. And so I look for that. I look for that outgoing person. I don't need a. I don't need a stand on a soapbox and scream. It's just a. Yeah, I, I'll I'll engage you in a conversation, right? And uh, that's the first thing. The other is the ones that um, you can watch the other students in the room how they act around them. One of my favorite things to do is ask a kid to pray, and they're like, "I can't, I, I can't do that. I can't talk to you in public." I'm saying, like, "I just sat and watched you for 30 minutes be the class clown and entertain 40 kids in this room, and you can't stand up in front of them and pray. That makes no sense, right?" So, 
look for that outgoing personality first. And then the one next one would be the heart for the Lord. That's when that's combined. I have students right now that are outgoing and great leaders. And then I've got some kids that aren't necessarily great leaders, but their hearts are just burdened. When you get that combination, you get a leader who's burdened for the Lord. That's when ministry takes off. So my mindset is if you show up in the class classroom, you're a leader. And so I want you doing something, whether you're just running the, the Instagram account or you put a poster up yesterday or you're speaking in front of everybody. Uh, I've yeah. seen quite often that a, a student who's reluctant to do anything, if, you, if they'll do one thing, something minor, and they'll see God use it, then they're kind of open to, hey, wait a minute, um, maybe God could use me if I did this. And uh, just to work them up from, have, I got lots of stories of kids who would never speak to anybody uh, Never said anything publicly to anybody. Now they're one of the best leaders on their campuses just because they stepped in and did something in the name of God and God used it, you know. Well, you you threw me a softball because I was going to ask this. So we're a semester in. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll have started the second semester, okay? So we're a semester into the 23-24 school year. Talk to me about one of those student leaders that you're like, man, this is a story that I can tell over and over again from this school year. You can name their first name or not. Your call. Well, I'll tell, I've been telling a lot of stories, a lot about Megan. Megan is a young girl in my church. Um, she was a sixth grader last year in a middle school here, uh, brand you know, brand new sixth grader, brand new on the campus. And in that fall semester, she got started to have a burden for the lost friends around her. She was exposed to a lot of kids she had never met before, right? So, grew up in elementary school, gets to a high school, or she's or a middle school, she's like, okay, lots of new folks and all that. And she started watching them around her. And started having a burden for the what they were going through and their their lostness in their life. And she heard me give an update at my church, um, like our church supports uh, the ministry, and I was giving an update on how the ministry was going. And she overheard that and turned to her mom and she said, "Do you think Mr. Haley would help me do something like that at my school?" And mom set up a meeting. I sat down with her and her mother and explained the ministry to them, explained how the leadership works, and uh, she says, "I really want this at my school." I'll tell you what, over the next couple months, I will recruit friends. I'll find a faculty sponsor. I'll go to the administration, do what uh, you know they need to ask me to do. And in January, we get started. But I will never, and she looked at me and she said, I repeat, <laughs> I will never be able to speak or be anything in front of anybody. Mm. Those are one of my favorite kind of says, okay, you challenged me that. Okay, don't ever say that loud, loud in front of God or anybody else. But yeah, exactly. I said, okay, yeah. sure, let's just, yeah, okay. So she went, she did, she, January, I forget what it was, January 7th or 8th at her school one afternoon, she had 14 people in the room, faculty sponsors. She had already gotten approved by the school. We did the training and we moved right in. So she jumped right into one of those behind the scenes leadership type of roles and uh, did very well at it. So we got two, three months into the cycle, into the thing and, and next to last cycle, she had not volunteered. Uh, for anything out front of anybody. So I said, Megan, you you know, you help get this started. Students all look at you as kind of a leader here. I want you to do something in front of me. Would you be willing to be the host at one meeting this cycle? Would you just stand up and pray? You know, it's the, it's the invite week. So all you have to do is just make sure the club cards are, you know, the response cards are there. You can close this in prayer. And she just looked at me and kind of shook her head a little bit. And she goes, yeah, I can do that. So that club meeting came, went, she did a great job at it. We were sitting there planning the last cycle of the year. And I said, Megan, um, 
You did a great job as host. You've not spoken as a speaker yet. Can you do that? Would you do invite week? In fact, here's the lesson plan. In fact, here's, it's a drawing. You're an artist. You can draw the thing on the board and explain as you do. In fact, I'll give this to your mother. She, she can walk you through this. She had no excuses at that point. And she yeah. goes, okay, I'll do that. So that day came and she got up and shared the gospel and two of her friends accepted Christ. Over mm. the next semester, 22 students made professions of faith in Christ. Mm. All because she had a heart for a friend. So this is the end of the school year. Fall's coming back again. I get asked to bring another report uh, to the church. And I said, can I bring someone with me? And they said, yes. Yeah. So I went straight to Megan and standing next to her mom and dad. I said, Megan, you did all right. You survived speaking in front of 14 friends or whatever it was. She goes, yes, I did. I said, Terrible, Haley. You think Terrible. you can stand in front of 500? And she never, she didn't open her mouth. She just stared at me. I looked up at me and I said, yeah, I want you to be in front of me at the church next time I'm up in two weeks from now. And she just stared at me. And her mother said, yes, she can do this. And her dad goes, you know what? I'm actually the elder that's speaking, you know, opening in prayer and all that. I'll be up on stage with you. And I said, here's what I'll do. I'll give you the three questions I'll ask you ahead of time. So you'll know how to answer. And she just never said yes, but her mother said yes for her. <laughs> she got up that day and, and did an excellent job. Uh, didn't look nervous at all. She answered her questions. In fact, the church gave her an ovation when she shared about winning two friends to Christ. And mm -hmm. afterwards, I said, hey, Megan, is that, did you, is that okay? She goes, no. <laughs> but uh, I said, would you do it again with me? She said, yeah, I'll do that again. So Megan is an example of a student that doesn't think they have the ability to do anything. Yeah. But then all it takes is them to realize it's not their ability. It has anything to do with it. It's God, the Holy Spirit. And then for her, she still would say, I won't do it. If you ask her right out, but I said, I need you to do it. She would do it. Um, now she's a leader, regular leader, regular speaker in her, in her first priority. And uh, she's now, her friends have no excuse to say I'm bashful. She goes, well, I am too, but get up there. You know, so. Mm, love it. You want know, one of the things that draws me to think about is, you know, people I think at times wonder, you know, how, how do you have the burden, right? How do you, how do you continue to work with students when things are so, so tough and there are so many lost and the, and the reality for me is and i know this is you too because we've talked about this before we're trying to raise an army that will live hope for long after their high school days right I, oh, yeah. i'm trying to raise people that because we've given them a burden i know you are too inside a middle school or high school setting that when they go to their next thing they're like part of my life is that i know how to share my faith and part of my life is that i know just don't just not to share my story but I specifically know how to share my story and what Christ has done to transform my life, right? It's not just really about me. It's about what God is doing inside of me. And whether a person's 25 or whether they're 35 or whether they're old like you and I and then they're in their 50s, right? They, they have the ability to say, let me tell you about being lost and let me tell you about being found. And here's what God did. And we can either catch people within their adults. And they've already gone through all the uncomfort, but we can do exactly what you just described with Megan and says, come here, come here. I'll be with you. All right. I'm going to put you in that next place. I'll be with you. Come on. I'm going to, I'll, I'll be with you. I'm not going to do it for you, but I'll put it in such a way that you will feel success. You will feel opportunity. And the fact that you say that 22 kids came to Christ in that club, that it just, we say it all the time, Haley, that never gets old. It never um, gets old. We saw 90 salvations this past semester here in Northeast Tennessee. And that's awesome to me, but even more exciting to me are, are what you were just talking about. The kids that will do that in school, but then they'll grow up, graduate and they'll do that the rest of their lives. It's 
right. we're creating we're creating or helping to create lifelong evangelists that will make more of an impact in their life than they will just at their school. Um, right. So I, I, that's to me, it's it's a two sided coin. It's evangelists and it's students one to Christ. And it's even cooler to see one that's one to Christ and then turns around to be that evangelist, you know? Yeah, that's fun. All right. So as we begin to land this plane, what are some things that you're looking forward to this semester? You've got another sprint of four and a half months. What are you, what are you looking forward to? I, uh, there, something happened, something clicked, um, the last summer and all of a sudden people are coming to us going, Hey, I want this in my school as opposed to us having to go drag people through. And so I've got a handful, probably seven or eight schools that I think might launch in the next couple of months here. And so going and launching schools, that's kind of, you talk about a calling or I love doing that. I love going and building something and then moving on to the next one not that i don't ever uh, I tell people all the time i'm not an apostle right but first priority leaders are like apostles we go into a community raise up a church and cook that church and move on to the next community do the same thing again yeah. but don't forget about the churches right we're still yeah. connected to them so to me i love building a network around a school a brand new school recruiting those new kids starting something brand new. we just started uh last week at a school high school had their first meeting and they had nice. three or new students show up at their first meeting. And that was, you would have thought they're like, hey, this works. This is great. So <laughs> if it doesn't get snowed out. This is one of the counties gets snowed. If it, if a snowflake comes down, it's like schools out. But if this, they meet tomorrow and they meet next week, next week would be their first fight week. So I'm praying for salvations to show them yeah. this actually works. You know, it's not just kids coming, it's kids' souls changing. And so I, I, that's what I'm really looking forward to is these new communities and new launches and building new friends, building networks. That's neat. Well, Haley, thanks for spending some time today, Ted, you know, breaking open a little bit of your life and telling us about family and grandkids. Congrats on a four-month-old grandson. That's super fun. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for just sharing the burden and Megan's story. That's awesome. And we look forward to your report on the next time you're on the podcast. Tell us all that's going on with those new schools. I look forward to that, too. All right, man. Until next time, see you. See you. Well, Steve, that was a good conversation. Mm -hmm. What uh, what did you appreciate about it the most? Well, as I mentioned to you, it, it, the idea of the conversation was let's talk a little bit, then we'll get into this certain thing. We never got there. Sure. Haley's telling his stories, talking about just how his life really has caused him to do and be who he is. Yep. And next thing you know, we're in the thick of calling, hmm. right? And he's he is regurgitating what he's been working with a group of college and young adults on calling mm -hmm. and giving different measures of calling. And what is, what is the calling that God's, God's will for you on a large scale, right? Global scale. What's God's yeah. will for you on a local scale? Mm. And, man, I just thought he knocked it out of the park. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. I love it when, uh, I love it when our plans don't go as planned, but it gets better than that. Well, Haley would tell you there was no plan. Haley never had a conversation. I was just going to begin to give him softballs. <laughs> sure. And he just started regurgitating things. And I was like, forget the softballs. Yep. We're just going with it. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. It, it was, was very fun. cool. Very cool. Well, and that's one of the things we have. I'll use that as a plug. I'm about announcements today. All so, right, do it. Um, a man with a purpose and a mission today. It is one of our goals, not for this to be, this doesn't need to be about us. This is Correct. not the Stephen Brad show. This Correct. is a podcast, the first priority podcast, right? Yep. So it's two of us. Yeah, yeah we're sitting here. Yeah. We live in Nashville. We're close enough to be able to do this. Yeah. But the more people we can get on the show, the better the show will be. 
right? Yeah. And yeah. that's not us bantering. That's yeah. just the reality of let's have every student leader in the country come and be on the show and hear mm -hmm. their story because their story matters, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're sitting there listening, you've been a part of First Party for a while, you've especially if you don't think you have a, to a story to tell, yeah, exactly. reach out to us. We'd love to schedule you on here, get you on, hear where you're, what you're doing, where you're doing it, and what God's calling you to be doing in your school. Uh, we'd, we'd love that. So brad at fpofamerica.com. Shoot me an email. Mm -hmm. We'll get you scheduled. You unfortunately have messed me up. Oh, yeah, okay. This is the Brad and Steve show. It is my favorite show. Are we writing a tune now? <laughs> I can do, get a ukulele are you, out. Are you familiar with that one? No. Oh, good. That's good. You probably There won't. is a Brad and Steve show already? No, but there's a Tom Green show. And it's oh, Tom not Green good. show. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah. And with that... I'm going to bring a ukulele next week. Well, I wish you would. I've wanted to. I listened to the Fisher, Phil Fisher podcast. He oh. has a ukulele, but he's the VeggieTale guy and from back in the day, and he's just good at that kind of stuff. It would, it would be helpful to have more people show up next week. I don't think so. <laughs> Drive them all away. Until next week, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It was a good one. We'll see you soon. Later. Later.